Welcome to Raider Radio, Say Tech Talk on Hudley Community Radio. Available at HudleyRadio.com and available to stream on iTunes. Here's your host, Zach Flack. All right, that was Siri giving me a little bit of an intro today. And today, we have a few topics to cover. It's going to be pretty interesting because one of them is a very long topic, and it's one of them that I talked about on our last show forever ago. On June 2nd, Apple had its Worldwide Developer Conference, or WWDC, 2014. We didn't see any new hardware announcements, but we can expect to see that in a later presentation. But we did see major software changes. So the first one that they talked about was OS X 10.10 Yosemite. Apple has had Mavericks around for the past year now, which is the latest version called 10.9. The ironic thing about this name, though, is 10.10 is... This technically the same thing as 10.1, which was around eight years ago. So that's pretty ironic. However, Yosemite is a park, a national park out in California, which is what Apple has decided to start naming all of its new operating systems after. So OS 10 Yosemite features a new user interface. Similar to the way they changed iOS 7 last year, they're making Yosemite, so the Mac user interface, look very similar to the iOS interface that they have now. So this update will come out later this fall, and it's free for all users who have supported Macs, which surprisingly goes back to Macs that came with 10.6 installed, so that's pretty far back. Now with Yosemite, you're able to use AirDrop features, which was announced last year on iOS 7. You're able to use it between iOS devices and your Mac computer. They've improved Spotlight Search to bring you results from your computer, and then you can also get web results and little previews from Wikipedia as well, so you don't have to open up your browser in order to search for some quick information. Email on the Mac now has a feature called Markup, where you're able to highlight specific parts of a PDF or a a picture and show the specific part that you want to send off and highlight that specific part so people know what they're looking for when they receive that email. If they have a Mac, it'll download the attachment normally, and it will look like it did when you sent it out. If they don't have a Mac or an iOS device, it'll give them a link so they can view that picture, so that way... If the attachment is larger than their mail server can handle, it's saved in Apple's servers until it's opened, so you are able to store larger attachments without having the issue of users not being able to receive the attachments because it's too large. More things go on in Apple servers as well with iCloud Drive. This was something that was announced at WWDC as well. And they have announced that instead of just basic iCloud, which was able to sync up some photos and save some documents, developers are going to be able to save data for apps within iCloud Drive. So that way, when you have your devices, everything synced up through iCloud and not through a third-party server, which makes things a little bit more secure. With that, iCloud Drive is now very similar to the way Dropbox and Google Drive works in the sense that you're able to save whatever kind of file you want and access them on iCloud.com or you'll have a client on your Mac which comes pre-installed with Yosemite and you can download a client for your PC as well. So this is a very cool feature and I'm excited to see them finally rolling that out. You're able to send regular text messages 
and make phone calls from your Mac now through your iPhone. So before you were just able to receive iMessages and make FaceTime calls. However, now you're able to use FaceTime to make phone calls to anyone even if they don't have an iPhone. You're also able to send text messages through your iPhone to anyone who maybe doesn't have an iPhone or an iOS device who won't receive iMessages. So this is definitely a very cool feature and this is another one that I'm really excited to see them finally rolling out because it's sort of like having Bluetooth, a Bluetooth headset, but it goes through your computer. So that way you're not having to pull out your phone in order to make a phone call or send a text. And you're able to do that straight from your computer without even having to look at your phone. Now, continuity. So continuity is when you have an app open, let's say on your iPhone or iPad, and then you're walking over to your computer, your computer knows that you already have that app open, whether it's messages, um, apples, pages, numbers, or Keynote, which is like Microsoft Office essentially for those who don't use Apple products. And you're able to pick up exactly where you left off on your computer so you don't have to finish that out on, on your phone or iPad if you don't want to. In the same sense, if you've got something open on your computer, you can pick it up on your phone if you have to start walking away or your iPad if you have to start walking away as well. So that's why it's called continuity because it puts everything together. And finally, a bit of a smaller feature. There's a new feature called Instant Hotspot where your Mac is able to pick up when your phone is nearby and you can, instead of connecting to a wireless network, you can click on your phone and it will attach to your phone's 4G LTE. And that way you don't have to open up your phone and turn on hotspot. Even if you have hotspot off, it'll still connect you to a hotspot, which is a very nice feature. So moving away from the Mac and moving on to the iOS devices, which people have more iOS devices than they do Mac computers. These are the iPhones and the iPads and all that kind of fun stuff. So, Apple announced iOS 8, which includes a feature called photo syncing. So, before, you had kind of that with iCloud. However, now, with photo syncing, if you make an edit on your phone or your laptop or, you know, your iMac or your iPad, it automatically saves those edits to all your devices. This is a feature that works through iCloud Drive, and when you delete the pictures from your phone, you can still edit and everything from those synced photos, which is very nice. So iMessage has a few new features as well in iOS 8, which includes audio and video messages. So instead of just basic text messages and pictures like before, you're able to send audio messages if you want to show specific emotions maybe that you're having through your voice rather than you might not be able to show that through text. And with video messages, you're able to send a video clip to someone that they can view. So that way you're also, in iMessages, I'm sorry, you're also able to back out of a group message that you might not want to be in. I know I've gotten caught in plenty of group messages where I, it, I've gotten the information I've needed and then it turns on to another topic and I don't want to be part of it, but I'm stuck with it. You're able to back out of it or just mute it if you don't want to keep getting those notifications at that moment. Moving on with notifications, they have what's called notification shortcuts now. When you are on your phone, you can swipe down from the top if you get a text and your phone's already unlocked. Instead of having to go over to the text message, you are able to reply straight from that notification banner. You hit reply, you hit send, and then you're right where you were in the app you were in, so you don't have to leave that app ever. In the same sense, if your phone is locked, 
and the text comes through, you can swipe from right to left on that notification, and you can reply to a text message without having to completely unlock your phone, which this can also be disabled if you don't want people being able to reply to your text messages while your phone's locked. So they've added a feature as well to make texting and typing on iOS a little easier called QuickType. Now for Android users, or if you've ever used an Android device out there, you know that they have a predictive keyboard, so when you start typing a word, you can choose from an option from options of words to continue your sentence so you don't have to type out the full word. Apple is just adding this now, which is surprising me, but it's the case. So it's finally being added in to iOS 8, and it's going to make things a little bit easier, but I feel like they're a little bit behind in that sense. Continuing on with the keyboard, they're adding third-party keyboards now. So if you want one of those swipe keyboards, you're able to do that now on your iPhone or iPad instead of having to use the default keyboard that Apple provides you. So there's also a feature called iCloud Family Sharing where if you can select specific family members and they're able to download what they want after one person has purchased it. So not everyone has to purchase that, which makes things pretty nice in the sense that everyone can share their stuff without having to download everything themselves. It makes life a little bit simpler. And for the business and corporation users out there, with iOS you're now able to manage the, your iOS devices a little bit easier. You can set it up so when a user logs in, it will automatically start downloading all those apps on that specific device, rather than the older way, which you had to take the device and install everything that needed to be on it and set it up for the user. So now everything's done automatically, which is very simple. Apple also announced a bit of developer information, which I'll briefly go into. They have a program called Xcode, which is now on version 6, which they were previously on version 5, obviously. And um, they have updated it so there's a new programming language called Swift that they also announced as well. Previously, Apple used a programming language called Objective-C, but now Swift is out there, so it's a little bit more modern and a little bit easier to use, but if you've used Objective-C before, it's pretty simple to make that switch over. And finally, they announced something called HomeKit, which, with all these smart home devices that are around now, you are able to control all of those devices, essentially by using Siri. So you can tell Siri, turn on my lights, and your lights will turn on through your smart home, which is a very nice feature. So moving away from Apple a little bit and picking it up with Facebook. So Facebook tried a little bit of an emotional experiment back in January of 2012. They conducted a week-long experiment to see if only showing negative posts in a person's newsfeed changed their mood to be more negative, and if only showing happy posts in a newsfeed made the person happy. The only problem is that Facebook did this without the knowledge of the participants. However, according to the UELA, or the user agreement, that thing that we all click I agree on and don't actually read, Facebook has the right to do something like that. People are upset about it, but technically you did click I agree to that. And Apple, back to Apple, since WWDC has dropped a lot of prices. So they've dropped the iMac entry level with a few lower specs to make it $100 cheaper, but it has very similar specs to a MacBook Air. So essentially, you're getting a pretty decked out laptop. 
in a computer form. So that is something that might be good for some people and might be bad for some people. As well, they've dropped the price of the iPod Touch. The 16 gigabyte model is now $200, where previously it was, I believe, $230-ish. I might be wrong about that, but now it also has a camera and comes in all the colors, which was previously only available on the 32 gigabyte model and the 64 gigabyte model. We have a new iPod coming out soon, same for the iMacs. And we've also seen a few other ones in the iPhone and MacBook Air, which we think are more promotional sales. However, they are still price drops, and you're able to get an iPhone for a little bit cheaper than $200, and that is a potential opening to a $50 price increase from the $200 that the iPhone used to be before. We might actually see it at $250 when the iPhone 6 comes out. However, we still don't know what the iPhone 6 is going to be, though we've had lots of concepts and potential new things coming out online. So, recently Google had their version of WWDC called Google I.O. For those who may not know, I.O. stands for Input and Output. They announced Android L, which is supposed to be the next version of Android, which features some enhanced notifications to make things a little bit simpler, and it looks a little cleaner as well. Alongside that, they have Android Wear, which is essentially a smartwatch that can do some fitness tracking or whatever. It can send you notifications and you can talk to it like your James Bond, which is pretty neat. But beside that, there's nothing super interesting with it. It runs Android L as well. There's another thing called Android Auto, which Android is actually releasing after Apple. It's essentially turning your car's navigator settings into your phone's navigator settings and everything. So the interesting part about this is Apple recently announced something very similar, which they call iOS in the car. And what this does is you're, you have access to your messages and, you know, Pandora or music and your navigator in the same setup as iOS, or in this case, Android. They've also, continuing on with Android, they've also announced what they call Android TV, which runs Android as well, and it has apps on it and live TV if you choose, and it's very similar to the way Apple TV works, and we've expected to see Apple release something a little bit newer than their Apple TV, which we haven't seen yet, but it looks like Android is picking that up pretty quickly. And finally, they've announced some new updates with Chromecast, which is a USB streaming, st I'm sorry, not USB, an HDMI streaming stick, that you plug into your TV and it gets power from USB and you're able to send YouTube videos to it and watch those on your TV. There's a few other things you can do, but they're finally adding mirroring, which is supposed to match the way Apple's AirPlay works. That is all of our tech news for today. If you have any further questions, feel free to email me at zachary.j.fleck at student158.org. Thank you.